back to Fantasy Baseball today. It is Wednesday. Sorry we took Tuesday off. I hope you had a great fourth. And before I get yelled at, happy birthday, Chris, okay? You're happy now? Happy birthday. Why would you get yelled at? Because you're going to be like, I can't believe you got my birthday. That is like classic Chris. That That's definitely me. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry for being so difficult. Uh, but thank you. I appreciate it. No, happy birthday. And it was on, it was yesterday. Yes. And I tweeted it. I yeah. wrote on your wall, I think. Mm. Uh, maybe I did. I don't know. I don't know. I have so many people writing on my wall, Adam. But you didn't give <laughs> I'm me I'm always anything. amazed. Every, every year on Facebook, I have so many friends. And then the other 364 days of the year, nobody loves me. <laughs> I thought works. about writing on your wall. I did. I opened it's, it up. I looked insincere. at who had already written there. And then I was like, whatever. I could just tell them in person. Well, also, it's stupid. like, like, there's like people that like, I literally have not spoken to since like high school <laughs> who just like the only interactions we've had in the last 12 years are like them writing on my wall on my birthday. And I don't write on their wall for their birthday. So I know it's insincere. At least well, I'm isn't, sincere. Isn't it at least a little flattering that they've taken some time out of their life? No, because Facebook to... tells you. Yeah, but still, they don't have, they have, they can do what I did. They yeah. can think about it and not do it. Yeah, it's, it, it's nice. Yeah, it's nice that they did that and it makes, no. it's, you're a bad person for not writing on their wall. But anyway, welcome to the show, fantasy baseball at cbsi.com. So it's been a while. We haven't uh, really recapped baseball since Friday morning and I'm gonna propose a new segment here since I don't think we've ever gone this long without having a show, you know, other than the mailbag, the pre-recorded mailbag. The segment is so, what do you want to talk about, Scott White? Well, probably the biggest news of the weekend, uh, you know, it's, it, I think it happened on Friday, so it feels stale now, but, um, Clint Frazier getting called up for the Yankees and homering in his first game. A, uh, a, a bit of a cheapy. Uh, it was a Crawford box homer. You know. Yeah, I guess. Well, I don't know. It was a few rows back in the Crawford boxes and I was impressed by it nonetheless because Clint Frazier is one of those prospects who has always been rated among the top prospects, was a fifth overall pick, I think it was, uh, when he was drafted by the Indians. And you kept hearing about his bat speed, his bat speed. That home run, his bat was so quick through the zone. It didn't look like he swung very hard, first of all. It looked like he was off balance, didn't swing very hard. And I swear, the bat like disappears in his hands for a split second. It was so quick through the zone. Now he hasn't done much since. No, that he first hasn't. Game. He he had a home run and a double in that game on Friday, and Clint Frazier doesn't have a hit since. That home run yeah. traveled 345 feet. I'm going to be the guy who poo-poos the, okay. the exciting. Fair but who cares? Whatever. It's four games. He's Clint Frazier. He's he's a big prospect. He's 57 yeah. percent owned, and he's going to play every day while he is up. We don't know what happens when Aaron Hicks comes back, but while Clint Frazier's up, he's playing every day. So I, I would imagine it depends on. Clint Frazier's performance. Clint Frazier yeah. is in charge of what happens when Aaron Hicks comes back. Clint Frazier or Cameron Mabin? Mabin. Mabin. Clint Frazier or Steven Souza? Souza. Uh, let's see. I moved Frazier up to about 50th in my outfield rankings, and that's the same range as the guys you're talking about. Uh, today I'm going to say Souza, uh, but I think a big game from Frazier tonight could change that. Well, Souza's been really good. Uh, actually, yeah. was looking at the the top eight hitters since we last podcasted on Friday, forgetting about the Monday show. Steven Souza's one of them. Uh, he's you know he's kept it going. How about would you drop Adam Jones for Clint Frazier? No. Nah. 
I might do that in like a three outfielder league. You know. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. Like the shallower the league, the because Jones, I think it's it's pretty clear he's he's a jag. He's a jag, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, he's he's a fine starter anywhere, but he's not going to be a difference maker for yep. you. Frazier probably won't either, but you feel like there's a better chance. So I could see it in a shallow. Well, Frazier could be a difference maker both ways, right? Like he could be so overmatched that he costs you a week before getting yeah. sent down. Or well, I don't, I don't think anybody just... needs to start him yet. Yeah. I, I think it's it's clearly a pickup and stash until he proves he needs to be started situation. Okay, so that's Scott's nominee for what he wants to talk about today. Chris, uh, what do you want to talk about today? Kevin Gosman! Uh, wow, one start. Yeah! Wow. He's great now. Uh, he's about he's about 55% owned, just like Clint Frazier, right around there. Apparently, we just have to wait until late June to rely on Kevin Gosman, because this is two years in a row now, and actually... There's an explanation. We've talked all about Kevin Gosman, how the splitter is the key for him, how he wasn't throwing it earlier in the season. Same thing happened last year, and he has talked about how he doesn't feel comfortable throwing the splitter early in the season. It leads to blisters. He doesn't have the feel for it. He threw it more than he had all season uh, on Sunday against the Tampa Bay Rays, and what do you know? He struck out nine batters, usage yeah. rate. Has gone way up uh, in the month of June. I think it was above 20%, and he had some big strikeout performances there, too. Yeah, I think I think he's definitely somebody who needs to be added at this point. And hopefully he starts he gets comfortable with throwing the splitter early because just imagine what his season could be looking like. I mean if we he's saw been throwing the splitter like this all along. We saw last year. You know, the second half of the season, he was pretty much a low three ZRA with a strikeout per inning, even if he's just that. Yeah. That's, he's a must-own I mean, starting pitcher. Yeah. So I think that's the fact that Jimmy he Nelson. seems to be getting comfortable with his best pitch again, uh, it's a very good sign. I would say he needs to be owned uh, pretty much everywhere he's available. All right, that's Kevin Gosman we're talking about. And the, he did – it was against the Rays, right? Nine strikeouts? Yeah. They are the strikey-outiest team in baseball. They, I think that's a word. They lead baseball with <laughs> strikeouts. Could also say that. So, all right, Clint Frazier for Scott, uh, Kevin Gosman for Chris. What do I think we need to talk about? Uh, well, you know what? We got a whole, uh, show of notes coming up. So we'll, we'll get to it there. Let's do a quick, quick round of emails and tweets at fantasybaseball at cbsi.com. What we really have to talk about is bullpens. Cause I, my prediction was somehow wrong. There was not a major trade. Jason Grilly on the move to Texas. Huge news. Woo! <laughs> but not really. We'll talk about bullpens. We'll catch up on a lot of them. St. Louis, uh, Atlanta, Alex Colome struggling, Cleveland, Los Angeles, of, of Anaheim. Baltimore, etc. Okay, here's a fantasy hot take from Kyle. Fantasy hot take. Joe Ross is Garrett Cole on a better team. Also, Garrett Cole is the most overrated pitcher in baseball. Hmm. I'm more comfortable with the second one than the first one, actually. Um, Garrett Cole at this point might just be a little bit overrated. He's not the strikeout guy he was earlier in his career, and he doesn't do enough else well to make up for it. I think he's more like a high three ZRA guy than than you know the the high two ZRA guy he was in that breakout 2015 season. But is he the superlative, the most overrated of all the overrateds? Because I mean, somebody somebody tweeted me about uh, Chris Archer, um, calling him. 
think you put it just average, which I don't agree with that. But I do think Chris Archer is kind of overrated too. Yeah, but I'd rather have Archer than yeah, no, no, than for sure. Cole. I'd rather have Archer than Cole. I'm just saying there are probably a bunch for of me, overrated players we could come up with. For me, uh, Joe Ross is Garrett Cole without the ground balls, which means he's a worse version of Joe Ross or Garrett Cole. And you know, Joe Ross he shows these flashes, but I don't know. Is he a must own? He's on a nice little streak here, Joe Ross. Is he a must own? Eighty percent. Must own's probably going a little far. I, I, he probably I, I don't know what his ownership is up to now. Eighty. Eighty. Yeah. It could probably stand to go up a little from there. Uh, so I do think there. Must own. I I do think there are some uh, legitimate adjustments he has made, throwing the changeup about ten percent more often, which has helped helped make him not a sitting duck against left-handed pitchers. He also uh, credits uh, Dusty Baker has him running a lot more, something Max Scherzer does, and uh, him losing his stuff in the middle of games, you know, tiring halfway through the game has, has gone down since that started. So two big adjustments that I feel like combined are making him an effective pitcher again. Okay, that's Joe Ross, whose ERA is right around three over his last Six starts, had a good one against the Mets, who didn't have Cespedes or Curtis Granderson in their starting lineup yesterday. Emmanuel Mara, should I drop Lucroy for Tyler Flowers or Wilson Ramos? Should I drop Lucroy? Let's just get rid of Flowers. For Wilson Ramos. <laughs> uh, I no. don't see the upside to that. I mean, Ramos has been okay. He's got two home runs, but for the most part, he's actually not hitting. And, and he's, he's not playing that regularly. Yeah, he's only played six times in, what, 12 Days since getting called up or returned from the DL. I don't know exactly, but I mean, Lucroy. That's his his problem too. Mainly is is not getting the regular playing time we're used to seeing from him, and that we expected to see from him. There is, I mean, obviously there's some hope for both. As as Ramos gets further and further away from his DL stint, you you think he'd play more as long as he performs. And then Lucroy, there's word that the Rangers are apparently shopping him. Yeah. I guess they feel like. You know, after it's funny after that drama, you know, with the Indians thinking they acquired Luke Roy, but him blocking the deal and the Rangers getting him, he was like this prized commodity, and now he's just a spare part for the Rangers. I imagine if he does get traded, it would be to be some team's primary catcher, and that he could, could go be Jan Gomes' uh, backup. Who's backup? Jan Gomes. <laughs> I don't think that. <laughs> uh, that was that was the controversy for last year. Okay, so that's don't drop Lucroy for Wilson Ramos. George from Canada, are have Aaron Nola and Steven Matz reached must start status in head to head twelve team leagues? Aaron Nola and Steven Matz. Well, I got a better hot take. Okay, this is a, this is a question. Steven Matz is the best sell high candidate in baseball right now. Okay, I how's that, that for a hot take? That's Boy, you guys... Again, I'm, I'm hesitant to apply the superlative without considering everybody, but it's I, I the do It's the only believe. one, Scott. It's the only one, okay. If you don't All strike right. people out, then Chris and Scott are just going to hate you. Well, it's... Yes. <laughs> uh, but he's doing it like he's doing it intentionally, and this is like well, last year with Chris Sale when you said Chris Sale was pitching worse because he wanted sure. to throw more innings, pitch deeper into games, and pitch to contact more. That's okay. what Steven Matz is trying to do. Fine. But we're comparing Chris Sale to Steven Matz. Chris Sale, when he's not trying to strike guys out, is still striking out over a batter per inning. Steven Matz is striking out 16.4% of opposing batters. He's at 5.8 per nine innings. 
and it hasn't led to an improved walk rate, and it's five starts. You know, one extra walk could change that entirely. But I just, if he's not throwing his slider, and he's not, he's got a 5.7% swing strike rate. Now, mm. that's not everything. There are guys who can be effective with relatively low swing strike rates. Steven Matz has actually been one of them, only 8.9% for his career, but I just, he doesn't have a swing and miss pitch, and I just, I struggle to see how you can be effective in this era of baseball without a, a swing and miss pitch. Yeah, the quality of contact people are making now. Uh, conversely, and I thought you were going to talk about Nola since you're the, the resident Nola skeptic. Presently a little skeptic of Nola. Well, I've always or, been the, the Nola skeptic. Um, yeah, I'd go so far as to call you a Nola detractor. Skeptic. No love for Nola. Four really good starts in a row for Nola. And the swing is, he's one of those guys who doesn't have a high swing strike rate, but he has a really high called strike rate uh, to help make up for it. And he's been getting strikeouts lately. He's been pitching deep into games. The walks have been limited. He is probably a pitcher like we've talked about with Marco Estrada, where the, the, the command has to be so fine. Yeah. When it is, he's, he's, you know, legit, looks like a frontline pitcher, but when it's not, he can get pounded. So it's, I don't think he's totally out of the woods yet, Nola, but, um, I would call him must start at this present time. I trust him more than Matt's moving forward. Um, but I, and I'll admit, I just have like a mental block on Aaron Nola. I can't figure him out. He's just so different from everyone else in baseball, really. And that's, it's it's hard to figure out who he is, even just within his own career. You know, he has these stretches of absolute brilliance, and then he has these stretches where he looks like he doesn't belong in the majors. It looks like he couldn't get college hitters out. And I just kind of think that's going to be who he is. I think he's going to be inconsistent. Okay, can we legitimately go fast on this one, please? Oh, this is what's oh, supposed to be a quick right. round of emails. Sorry, I'm this, sorry. This is from Jeremy. What is Orlando Arcia's dynasty outlook? Is this hot streak the last week uh, something to buy into for Orlando Arcia? Well, I have a lot of thoughts on Orlando Arcia. I'm going to carve out about 15 minutes. No, no you I, don't. Um, yeah, I, I, I think he's – the fact that he's a shortstop helps. He's a little less jaggy at shortstop, but I'm not – I don't see a ton of reasons to think that he's a, a must-own shortstop in the long run okay. well it it might be different if you're thinking from the dynasty perspective because sure. suddenly his numbers are looking very encouraging his batting average is up to 295 and with the 339 babbit that doesn't seem out of this world high uh eight home runs in which already matches his career high yeah so he's looking like uh you know that's about a 15 homer pace 15 16 homer pace with a good batting average for a shortstop a 22 year old shortstop with a top prospect pedigree i mean I'm encouraged by what he's doing, and I do think if you lost Trey Turner, let's say, he's one of the top choices off the waiver wire right now, but he's still behind the, you know, the what we think of as the mixed league class of startable shortstops at this stage of his career. Who would you rather have? Would you rather have Arcia or VR? VR. Yeah, I think I'd still rather have the, I, I haven't, I didn't, I wasn't keeping up with his playing time over the weekend, but assuming he's still playing with fairly regularly, I'd rather have VR. Well, Sogard's a little banged up, uh, so I know VR 
I think he led off yesterday and struck out three times, uh, or that maybe that was two days ago. I don't know. But yeah, Sogard's Sogard's day to day with an ankle injury. Uh, all right. Thank you for a quick round of emails. Time for Tuesday's standouts. And I'm just going to say America. America was a standout yesterday. Happy birthday. And uh love this country. Go. USA. Yeah. I'm going to give you two guys who are, you know, relevant. There you go. That's what I always do. <laughs> Steven Vogt is 25% owned. Six games with Milwaukee. Steven Vogt is 5 for 15 with three home runs. Um, are you excited about this? Are you ready to like do the wave over Steven Vote? No. No, I'd question the playing time still. He'll probably start against most of the right handers, but um it hasn't been every right hander since he's joined the Brewers. Manny Pina has is it Pina or Pina? Pina, I believe. There's no uh Manny Pina. There's no Enya. Yeah. Has uh has played just as often against right-handers since Vote came over. So that's still, you know, borderline top 25 status at catcher for. Yeah, for, he's a two, two catcher league guy. Not even worth looking at in one catcher league. Zunino or Vote? Zunino. Zunino. Trevor Cahill is 55% owned, came off the DL and threw four and a third scoreless innings at Cleveland. I imagine he was on a pitch count. He yep. struck out four and still has 55 strikeouts now in 45 and two-thirds and a 296 ERA. Trevor Cahill, 55% owned. He certainly was more owned than that before he went on the DL. Should we be needs picking up pick Cahill? Up. Needs to be picked up. Everywhere you can, pick up Trevor Cahill. I have expressed my affection for Zach Godley a few times on this podcast, and everything I like about Zach Godley, Trevor Cahill was doing to a higher power before he went on the DL. Elite ground ball rate, as he's always had. But now with a, you know, much higher strikeout rate, emphasizing his breaking ball more, as Godley also has done. And uh, it led to a high strikeout rate before going on the DL. Obviously bad supporting cast, but still, the upside looks really high for Cahill. Dodgers have some interesting pitchers. And they all kind of follow the same exact, uh, like, path. They're all elite ground ball guys. Trevor Cahill... Uh, Luis Perdomo and, uh, I guess that's the extent of the list, but. Well, like, Shasin, <laughs> every time Shasin starts at home, he does well. You know, I know yeah. he's not, I think he might be a little, I don't know if he's under own Shasin, but just, you know, if you're desperate for a starter in a daily league or something and your least Shasin has a home game, his ERA is, I'm almost positive under two at home. It might be under like 150. No, yeah. Okay. All right. That, that concludes our Padres talk. Uh, let's do some hay real quick. We'll get to the big news, which include injuries to Ian Desmond, Carlos Correa, uh, call up in St. Louis. We'll talk about bullpens a little bit later. But hey, real quick, guys. Freddie Freeman, who's going to be third base eligible pretty soon. He's back. He played third yesterday. Uh, you figure he'd be third base eligible soon. Needs four more appearances. Freddie Freeman or one for 26, Josh Donaldson. One for his last 26. Who would you rather own, Freeman or Donaldson? Well, I know Scott and I have been much more all in on Freeman's breakout this season and the second half of last season than Heath was, at least. And uh I'm going to say Freeman. I have some concerns about his ability to continue hitting for power coming back from this fractured wrist, especially coming back so soon, because that's, that's what it all comes down to. Freddie Freeman's Breakout is all about him developing into an elite power hitter with an elite power hitter's profile. We'll see. 
but assuming he's the guy he was before the injury, I would take him over Donaldson. And it has nothing to do with Donaldson's slump. Like, I just legitimately feel like Freeman, as a hitter, has surpassed Donaldson. At least that's how it was looking before he got hurt. Oh, okay. We're done? Yeah. Good. Yeah. All right, cool. Uh, who would you rather have real quick? Mike Moustakas and his 24 home runs? Or Justin Turner and his 384 batting average? Mike Moustakas or Justin Turner? Turner. Yep. Turner. Justin because Turner. we know he's a pretty good power hitter, too. Got off to a slow start in that area. Uh, but he, he actually, he and Daniel Murphy were like the, the founders of the fly ball revolution mm-hmm. before it became the cool thing to do. They emerged as these power hitters out of nowhere. And, um, Justin Turner has picked up the power production of late. Yeah. Started to make up ground in that category. And I think he's going to be, uh, yeah, he's not going to overtake Mustakas in home runs at this point, but he's going to be the much more well-rounded hitter and, and better overall. And his plate discipline has been phenomenal this yeah. year. Yes. Uh, what, three more walks than strikeouts now? Yeah, one more walk. Do some math, Chris. 26 walks, 25 strikeouts in 60 games. Fine. <laughs> now, speaking of walks, so Chris said, Stephen Matt's best sell high candidate in fantasy baseball. What about Mike Mustakas? This guy has walked 15 times. He has 14 doubles in half a season. It's not terrible, but it's nothing special. Um, he, I guess, is sort of reminding me of Scott Shebler last year, where it's like, or Adam Duvall. Adam Duvall last year, where it's like, all he does is homer. And I guess there's no reason to think that's necessarily going to stop, except we don't see Mustakas hitting 48 home runs this year. But if it does stop, like, he's not a batting average guy. He doesn't walk. He doesn't double, as, at least not now. Uh, he's got the, Mustakas is the fewest walks of any of the top 13 third basemen. Is Mike Mustakas a sell high candidate? Yes, but I don't know how many people are buying it. You know? Yeah, I don't know that I'd be motivated to sell high on him. Because he's not, yeah, I mean, I, I guess it just depends what, maybe I'm just approaching it from the perspective, like Chris was saying, that I don't know what that even looks like, what you, what would you'd get back that would be high enough. Could you see him having a dreadful second half, a la yes. Adam Duvald? I definitely could, it's although possible, but he's, like, there's a very good chance he gets traded, too, and if, if his home park isn't Kansas City anymore. That obviously improves his odds of sustaining elite home run And it production. is worth noting, this breakout, as far as it goes, did start in 2016 yeah. before he got hurt. He yeah. has, going back to the start of 2016, he's played 101 games. He has 30 homers, 63 RBI, only 66 strikeouts. He doesn't walk much, but, you know, there there's legitimate power breakout here. Yeah, I think it's... Like, his batting average is low because he hits so many fly balls, which is why he hits so many home runs. But he doesn't strike out at, like, a Duval rate. He doesn't yeah. strike out like you'd expect a guy on pace for 40 home runs to do. So, like, even if that fly ball rate was to fall some, I, I think he'd make up for it in batting average a little. And uh I don't know. I just don't, I don't feel like the floor is that low for Mike Moustakis. Hey, real quick, Danny Duffy or Alex Wood? Uh, Alex Wood. Yeah. Okay, fine. But, I mean, Alex Wood is this year's good. Danny Duffy. <laughs> like that's I think we we were saying that earlier in the season and it's it's held true. He's 
sustained the velocity gains since joining the rotation, and it's made him unhittable. Okay, then. So, Alex, what, Danny Duffy or Luis Severino? Severino. Severino. Really? Yeah. Severino's great. Severino's really good. I think Duffy— I, I still like Duffy. Duffy's fine. Um, but— there were some warning signs even before he went on the DL that he wasn't the same pitcher. He made year. a mechanical adjustment. He was starting to pitch better before going on the DL, except the last start, you know, then he went, he got crushed and then he went on the DL, but he was starting to pitch better. His velocity went up according to what I had read. He made a mechanical adjustment and it, and it helped the velocity. I don't remember if it helped the strikeouts or not. Uh, I don't believe it did. This first start back for the DL was actually a little on the low side. As far as velocity goes. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, you know, his last two starts before going on the DL were two of his better strikeout performances. So maybe, uh, maybe there is something to the mechanical adjustment, like you were saying, but it's, it's nothing compared to what Severino's been doing, uh, with the strikeout this year. Alright, hey, real quick, Harry's Razors or any of those other horrible razor companies that aren't nearly as good as Harry's? Harry's. Okay. Harry's. Uh. I agree, guys, and you all should go to harrys.com slash fbt, h-a-r-r-y-s dot com slash fbt for a free trial shave set. This is an awesome deal. You know what you have to pay? Shipping. Three bucks. Okay, over three million guys have switched to Harry's razors because you're getting a great shave at a fair price. This was started by two ordinary guys, Jeff and Andy, who were fed up with buying overpriced razors. So they started Harry's to fix shaving. They bought their own German factory with over 100 years of blade-making experience. You're going to get the highest quality, and you're getting... Basically, you're getting half half the price. You're getting the same type of shave at half the price. They offer their blades at half the price of the leading five-blade razor, and they sell directly to you over the Internet. It comes right to your door. It's a convenient way to get an amazing shave. I use my Harry's razor. I gave away uh, – I think I bought three sets, three ch- shave kits for Father's Day because I wanted people to have these. And everybody who's gotten them, like, wow, this is really cool. It's a great shave. Thank you so much, Adam. You are the best. And, you know, that's, that's why I do this. Anyway, you get your free trial offer from Harry's for just $3. That's a $13, $13 value for free. Go to harrys.com slash FBT. You get a razor handle, five precision engineered blades, rich lathering shave gel, and a travel blade cover. Harry's.com slash FBT. Go there right now. Harrys.com slash FBT. All right. The big news. Marcus Stroman left Monday's start with a blister and he is angry about it. He says, come on, MLB, stop turning a, a blind eye to this blister thing. He may not make his next start. It's you're going into the all-star break. Shouldn't be a huge deal, but, yeah, there are a lot of blisters, and they say the ball's not juiced. They say the seams aren't different, but I don't know if the seams were different. Who says? Baseball. Okay. MLB. Justin Verlander had some quotes about the seams as well. He basically said they're non-existent at this point, um, which I – both Justin Verlander and Marcus Stroman, I think, uh, doth protest a bit too much in this instance, but there's definitely something different with the baseball. Ian Desmond's on the DL with a strained calf. Anybody interested in picking up Rymel Tapia? Uh, Only in deeper yeah, leagues. Yeah, I mean, he's interesting, for sure. He, he looks like he could be a ridiculously good contact hitter in a, uh, a you know, obviously a, a place where his home park Already makes for like high babbits. Like he he looks like he could be a batting title contender someday. Tapia. Isn't uh, just... isn't he just Gerardo Parra though? No, I think he's better than Parra. 
I think he's going to have more power in the long run, and I, 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 I think he's even an even better contact hitter than Para. So right now, he may not be any better than Para at this stage of his career. Yeah, that's what I mean right now. Yeah. Okay, Rymel Tapia. Carlos Correa day-to-day with a jam thumb. The Cardinals called up Luke Voigt. He is 2% owned. He is 7 for 19. They called him up a little while ago. He's played nine games. But yeah. uh hometown hero, Luke Voigt. Anyone care about Luke Voigt? Of course he's he's hitting well after nobody's ever heard of him. Because <laughs> this is what the Cardinals do. He'll probably win a, an MVP award at some point. You know, the, the best, the, the extent I care about Voigt, Luke Voigt, is the extent he has Matt Carpenter playing second base. Which, I mean, maybe yes. says something about the Cardinals' confidence level in Voight, but at least against left-handers, it looks like Voight is going to play first and Carpenter is going to shift to second, and hopefully that'll add up to 20 appearances at second base for Carpenter so he's not just first base only heading into yeah. next year. Yeah, and actually I was watching a Cardinals game like a month ago. Who the heck was doing the game? You know, that guy, Rick Sutcliffe. And he thought that they should move him off of first base because he felt like it was affecting his hitting. And we shall see. But uh, that would be nice if he could hit a little bit better. Mike uh, Matt Carpenter. Mike Trout's going to begin a rehab assignment soon. Logan Morrison does not think Gary Sanchez should be in the home run derby. Oh. <laughs> Lobo said, quote, I remember when I had 14 home runs. That was a month and a half ago. You know, you know what all this made me think? What? How obnoxious Logan Morrison would have been if he'd actually been good for any of the last eight years before this. <laughs> it was like you have two good months all of a sudden you're going to spout off? Come on, man. Well, I could see him going into the home run derby ahead of Gary Sanchez. I think that's fair. I. Who cares? Does anybody want to see Logan Morrison in the home run derby? Yeah. At least Gary Sanchez is fun, plays for a big market team. He's better. Well, that's not that's not fair to Logan Morrison, Chris. Logan Morrison's not being fair to Gary Sanchez. Gary Sanchez is a catcher who missed a month of action. And, you know, he's already going to be in Miami for the All-Star game. That's true. That's Plus, true. Logan, Logan Morrison, Morrison hated Hanley Ramirez guy. when he was with the Marlins, so he's an enemy of the state. Logan, Logan can drive wins, there. When do we find out who wins the final vote? I don't know. I haven't voted yet. Who'd you guys vote for? Uh, I have not voted yet. But Elvis, Anthony Rendon definitely should win. Yeah, Anthony Rendon from the NL and Elvis Andrews from the AL, and I don't really have to think about it that hard. Not that the other four choices from each league aren't Why also do you deserving all eight of being all stars. <laughs> well, I don't think. <laughs> that, I mean, Gordon kind of the is. problem this year is you know there are way too many all star caliber hitters. DJ LeMahieu should not have made the all star game. Yeah, that is a disaster. Yeah, that's um, but. Like, there, who would be the backup second baseman in the Anthony NL? Rendon can play second. He certainly can. D or I, I pitched the idea. would have been, been a better choice than DJ LeMay. Put Anthony Rizzo on the <laughs> roster to play second base since that's the position he plays now. There you go. Speaking of the Cubs, they are interested in Justin Verlander and Alex Avila. Avila, by the way, is only 65% owned. He has a 992 OPS, and he's caught four of the last five games. Uh, and he mostly sits against lefties, but Avila, he might help you out. I don't think it would be good if he went to the Cubs because he probably wouldn't play nearly as much. Yeah. Uh, Miguel Cabrera left with hip tightness. He's expected to play tonight. And David Price left with a finger injury. He had a great start. It doesn't seem serious. Closing time. Let's talk about bullpens. So I'm trying to sum up. Let's see. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten bullpens. Wow. That's a that's good work by me. That's a lot of work. <laughs> All right. Um, Way to go, Adam. My summary of the Nationals bullpen is just ugh. 
U G H. Do you guys spell that U G H? Is that the correct yeah, spelling? That's the that's the proper spelling. Uh, I don't even know what to say here. They don't seem to be getting many save chances lately. They're just killing everyone. But Matt Albers has had a shot at it. He's stunk. Uh, yeah. It, it, quick thoughts on the Nationals bullpen. I, uh, your guess is as good as mine. The, the closer in three weeks is probably not currently on the roster. I think that's still the expectation. Mm-hmm. All right. Mm-hmm. Texas. Matt Coda Bush. Glover's out a long time. Did you mention that? Coda Glover's out a long yeah, time. Yeah. He's, yeah. He's not close. Uh, nope. it's Texas. Jeremy Jeffress activated from the DL. He's had a bad year this year, but he had been good in previous three seasons. And, you know, Le- LeClerc, uh, is in the mix, I guess. Matt Bush, not necessarily out of it, but who's best guess is Texas? Bush is still on the DL? No, Matt no, Bush, Bush is fine. No, Bush is fine. It it's, was um, Keone Kayla, yeah, who looks yeah. like he was about to overtake Matt Bush, yeah. and then suddenly he wound up on the DL. Doesn't seem like a long-term issue, but it uh, it buys Matt Bush some time, and I would still bet on Matt Bush in the long run because of that. Kayla's worth keeping close, but it doesn't seem like the Rangers have a great deal of confidence in LeClerc and high-leverage roles. Unless something's changed recently, I'm going to open up his game. I'm sorry, Scott. Sure you would bet on changed. who? You would bet on who in the long term? I, I'd still bet on Bush, Matt okay. Bush. All right. Uh, yeah, I dropped him in a two closer in a 12 team yeah. points league, but I have Zach Britton coming back. He'll be off the DL tomorrow. That brings us to Baltimore. They're going to ease <laughs> Zach Britton. Actually, he's coming off the DL today. They're going to ease Clark's Zach. Basically, Britton. been a seventh inning guy. We'll ease Zach Britton back into the closer's role in Baltimore. Let's go to Atlanta. Jim Johnson has blown six saves and 24 chances. Do you think Jim Johnson is in any danger of losing his job? I can't say zero. Uh, there are pitchers on the Braves with relievers on the Braves with lower ERAs, and Arodis Vizcaino is one of them. But Jim Johnson has by far the best FIP in their bullpen. And believe it or not, a continuation from the second half of last year, he also has the best K per nine. In their bullpen, it's 11.3. So, you know, extreme ground ball pitcher doesn't allow many home runs. I think it's just been but there's some like bad a, timing, some bad luck there. There's a chance he gets traded again, right? There is a chance he gets traded and, and probably not to serve as a closer. So that's something you have to keep in mind. Certainly in, like, deep leagues, you know, lonely leagues, I'd, I'd own Vizcaino. But um, I don't think... Johnson's actually on the verge of losing his job. At least not if I was managing the Braves. Best guess in St. Louis. Sanguano. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. He he gets another chance. And um I don't have a lot of confidence in him, but I think he gets another chance. <laughs> if Trevor Rosenthal could stop tripping on his own feet, he'd have a chance, mm-hmm. but he's just He's not very good. They both pitched yesterday because they hadn't pitched since July first, and it was a not say non safe situation they lost. But Rosenthal pitched the eighth and O pitched the ninth, and uh, they both threw a scoreless inning. Best guess in uh, the Angels bullpen with Bud Norris off the DL. Bud oh. Norris. Yep. Bud Norris. Okay. Best guess. Well, not best guess. Is there any chance that you think Alex Colomay could lose his job? His last five appearances, Colomay has given up ten earned runs. Brad Boxberger pitched the seventh yesterday. Tommy Hunter pitched the eighth. These guys are are good players with track records. Uh, Alex Colomay, do you think there's a chance he could lose his job? I don't think there's a chance in the near future that he's just going to be removed in, you know, like the way we saw with Sam Dyson earlier this year. There may be a pull him away for half a week or a week. And, and the fact that 
this slump is coming in June or July rather than April really helps. All right, but this is this is like ten runs in five outings. This is oh, five in a ugly. row. It's, it's been, been ugly, and he hasn't had that good of a year. When you look at the walk to strikeout ratio compared to last year, it's not even no, close. not compared to last year, but compared to everyone else in the Rays bullpen. There's no closer in waiting in the Rays bullpen. They want Colomay to figure it out because he's clearly their most talented reliever. Yeah. Okay, next up we've got the A's. Santiago Casilla blew his fourth save. He now has a 4.02 ERA. You think you could see a change in the A's bullpen? Yeah, yeah, I, I don't think adding Sean Doolittle is a bad idea. All right, let's move on to Cleveland. Cody Allen. He pitched, uh, he got a one out save Sunday. He pitched yesterday. They were losing one to nothing. Corey Kluber with an amazing start, but he lost. And, uh, he struck out the side at the Padres. It is, there's nothing actionable at all in Cleveland's bullpen. Like you just, you have to ride it out. Cody Allen's going to lose some save opportunities at times, but he's not going to lose the job. And finally, Jay Reese Familia could be back in about a month, early August. So, so there's that. He's so relieved I unloaded Addison Reed in my dynasty league. So <laughs> relieved. Yeah, all right. It's time for our <laughs> discovery of the day. I couldn't believe this. Absolutely blew my mind over the weekend. Scott White has an unbelievable singing voice. Unbelievable. It's incredible. I was sit- He posted a video on Facebook of him singing to his kid. And it was like a rock concert. You killed it. <laughs> it was it was amazing. It was the best. What song thing. did you sing? Uh, the cat came back. I don't know. I think that's what it's called. Is that a Led Zeppelin song, Scott? I have no idea. I heard it from Lori Berkner. It's not. I'm just kidding. No, it's like I was a little kind of singing song. her version of the song, but there are a few different versions of the cat came back. It's a song about a cat. Day. And he and he yeah. starts the video. He starts the the video. It's like a three minute video. He starts the video like on his cat in the kitchen, and then he goes over and he starts singing the song. He starts singing like the bass line of the song. And then he goes over <laughs> to his kid, Everett, who's eating at the, at the dinner table. And it's amazing what Scott does. Scott sings the whole verse. And then I guess during the chorus, they're supposed to make a cat sound. So Everett makes yeah. the cat sounds like it was a great, like heartwarming, adorable. heartwarming video. But Scott has pipes. He killed it. <laughs> it's the best thing you've ever done, Scott. Oh, well, thank you, Adam. You're thank very you. welcome. I don't, uh, I, well, thank you. I'll just leave it at that. Thank you. All right. Good job. I loved it. <laughs> um, let's see. What else do we got here? More news and notes for you. Very sad to see that Dan Schulman will not be doing Sunday night baseball next season. Uh, Mark Trumbo left with a bruised calf. He fouled the ball off his calf, so it's not like one of those strained calves or anything. Yasmani Tomas had a setback. He's going to be out for a little while now. He's still on the DL, but he had a setback with his groin. I, I don't I, – A.J. Pollock will be back soon. Like, I don't think this gets Cattell Marte in the lineup, does it? Well, Every Pollock day. is back now. Oh, uh, Pollock's right? back? He's off the DL. I missed that? Wow, I guess I was partying too yes, much. Yes, Pollock this. came back yesterday. The Pollock oh. came back. And he went one for four with a double. Uh, so what What was the question? What is the Cattell Marte sitch? Well, he hasn't been playing very much, so I would guess they're going to send it back down at first opportunity. It's been it's been disappointing to me how little he's played after the kind of season he had at AAA. Yeah, he got to start at third yesterday. Oh, um, they sat Jake Lamb against Kershaw. That's what. But he's was. only started three games in about nine days up, so that's not a good sign. I do like Cattell Marte in the long run as a guy who should have good plate discipline, but 
just doesn't seem like the opportunities there. All right, guys. Uh, next note, Hyunjin Ryu is on the DL with a sore foot. Uh, <laughs> Dodgers at it again. Jason Hayward's off the DL. Albert Pujols homered for the first time since June 17th. You think that's bad? Christian Yelich hit his first home run in 32 days. Yeah, but it was probably only like his fourth fly ball in that span. So if you think about it that way. That's not bad. Hey, Chris, you get my you think that's bad reference? Uh, no. You think that's bad? It's like, remember the time I had lunch in Mexico with Gary Coleman? It's a terrible uh, impression. Okay, yeah, that's... South Park impersonating, or Family Guy impersonating South Park, or whatever it was. I think it was South Park South impersonating, Park family, guy. impersonating <laughs> family Guy, yeah. yeah. Uh, Yonder Alonso told Franklin Barreto during yesterday's game that Barreto needed to be more aggressive, so he did, and he was, and he hit a triple and a home run, so we'll keep an eye I on love, that. We'll I love that as the panacea of all things, just be more aggressive. Every sport, every player just needs to be more aggressive. Meanwhile, Franklin Barreto has a 40% strikeout rate, so maybe he needs to be a little less is, aggressive. Is that the way you pronounce it? No, I don't think so. I, 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 always, uh, I always said panacea, but I, I, I only know it from like Final yeah, Fantasy games. That might be like the third time I've ever said it out loud. Yeah, I'm so going to go not. panacea. No, but, I think it's panacea. Way, how many... How many player like Fantasy. who's the last player to begin his career where the first three extra base he, hits he had were two home runs and a triple? No doubles yet. No, but That's but weird, the, right? the thing with Barreto is that you know he kept falling behind on the count. It wasn't like panacea. Panacea, yeah. Uh, he kept falling behind on the count. So Yonder said, "Go up there and be more aggressive," and he did. David right. Robertson's on paternity leave. Corey Kluber five straight games with double digit strikeouts. Cleveland record. Danny Salazar will make a rehab start tomorrow. Charlie Morton and Aaron Sanchez look like they're going to pitch against each other on Friday. Also, Brad Peacock may not make his second start this week because Musgrove's starting today, uh, Morton on Friday. So it's either going to be Peacock or Francis Martez on Sunday. I'm hoping it's Peacock because I don't own Martez and I own Peacock. Aaron Sanchez could start Friday. Oh, I said that. Scooter Jeanette sat against the lefty yesterday, but then he hit a pinch hit home run, and he's homered in two straight games at Colorado. Scooter Jeanette just keeps on keeping on. Mm-hmm. Uh, Starling Marte is going to be back on July 18th. Matt and Schuma- he will be playing left field. Yes, Andrew McCutcheon, the great Andrew McCutcheon, will stay in center. Even though he's been really bad in center. Matt Shoemaker but- could return after the All-Star break. Brian Dozier day-to-day with back tightness. Kyle Schwarber could be back this week. He's turned it around at AAA. And the Angels sent Alex Meyer to AAA, but Meyer will be back. You're going to see guys go to AAA yep. uh, with the All-Star break coming just to get work in. Uh, so that's what happened with Alex Meyer. Double dongs from yesterday. Yonder Alonzo, Eric Thames, Andrew McCutcheon, and Andrew Benintendi. Uh, Yonder Alonzo, 77% owned, hit two home runs against the White Sox. His previous 20 games, Yonder hit 194 with one home run. Uh, he had been terrible. Yep. And by the way, Franklin Barreto told him to hit two home runs, so he did. <laughs> but more teams should you, do that. You scratch my back, I'll scratch yours. So what do you think? Like, is is the Yonder Alonso magic? I know he hit two home runs yesterday, but are you guys concerned that it's it's done? He's certainly droppable in shallower leagues just because there's so many good first basemen. Um, I don't I, think we've seen the last of him, though. No, I don't. I I think he's. Clearly an improved player, but he's not as good as he looked a month ago. Yeah. I actually dropped Justin Bohr in, in the 
the 12 team points league, the, that version of the podcast league. And I would say the same for him. I don't yeah. think we've heard the last of him as a valuable mixed league option. Just they're kind of interchangeable in, in mm-hmm. that format and shallower. Ugh, I'm going to lose the Heath this week. That is so just embarrassing. Just yeah. stinks. Well, okay. That's an aside. Andrew, Andrew Benintendi, he didn't just double dong. He went five for five. He did. And, he, uh, I, I'm quite surprised that Andrew Benintendi is the number 18 outfielder in points leagues, number 21 in Roto. I'm even more surprised at the Roto thing because I know he walks a lot. But top 21 outfielder for Benintendi, I don't know what it was before this two-homer game with six RBIs, but uh, I, I don't know. Well, F- 50, 50 RBIs and 43 runs certainly helps. Over the last month, uh, his OPS hit a season low 707 on June 3rd. He's hitting 314 with a 954 OPS in that time. I, I, uh, is that is a lot of that on base percentage? I'm just asking because 396. He's got a 558 slugging. He's got 10 extra base hits in his last 22 starts. All right, so he's pretty good. Yeah, he's he's just a good hitter. I think he's, you know, just good. Who do you think will have a better year going forward, Eric Thames or Andrew McCutcheon? I have McCutcheon higher. I have Thames higher, but um, yeah, I'm I'm losing confidence in Thames. Hopefully, that little two day period he took for uh, to kind of clear his mind. I don't know. It said it said it's something he would worked on in Korea, um, kind of a meditation thing, and he's come back with three home runs in two games. So. I don't know. I I need to see a hot streak from Thames soon. It's more it's more confidence in McCutcheon for me. Yeah. Than lack of confidence in Thames. Okay, ready for this? I'm sick of this Andrew McCutcheon stuff. Like, okay, isn't he? This can't continue. Andrew McCutcheon has 16 home runs. These are his home runs in his last four seasons, and two of those seasons he was really good. 21, 25, 23, and 24. And we're basically at the halfway point of the season right now for just about every team. So McCutcheon's on like a 30-homer pace, maybe 32. He's but, played 81 games. And, and, but, and I looked at the batted balls. He's not hitting more fly balls. But. He, what? The laces are lower. I, I mean, I guess that's true, but I just feel like right now no, McCutcheon I mean, is. Relative he, to the league, he's not really seeing that big of an increase in power. Well, he is over the last, you know. Five weeks. Right. I, I yeah. just, I think you, you take the, at this point in the season, you take it as a whole. You know, we've I got agree. 81 games. It doesn't, 81 games is, is a small enough sample size where once you start slicing and dicing and trying to say, well, this is who he really is or this is who he really is with these kind of arbitrary endpoints, it's just like, just take Andrew McCutcheon's numbers for what they are. You know, low strikeout rate, high walk rate, hitting for decent power, but not elite. I think that's pretty much who he is now. I'm going to have the last laugh on Andrew McCutcheon. I might be laughing at myself, yeah. but one way or another, I, w- I will laugh. Why not? <laughs> Laughter's good. Let's talk about pitchers from yesterday. Wait, I, I skipped a very important section here because I'm an idiot. It was the best and the worst of the last five days. Do you even see it in the notes? No. Did I delete that, it? Yep. You probably did. It was an idiotic thing to do, Adam. What the heck? Why did I delete that? I don't know. What else did I delete? So probably some major trade. All right, fine. Let's talk about rotation and fringy starting pitchers. J- uh, why don't you rank these guys for me? Jimmy James Nelson. He's been awesome. Mm-hmm. Jay Happ. Very, very consistent lately. Yep. And the strikeouts are up. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think the swinging strikes are up though. No, it's not. Jamison Tyone, uh, who said qu- he threw five scoreless innings with nine strikeouts, and then he said something that made Scott and Chris cringe. He said, "Quote: I'd rather go seven innings with four strikeouts." Well, he's that kind of pitcher too. He's a he's a, a bit of a ground ball pitch to contact guy. Yeah. All right, Nelson Hap, Tyone, Lance Lynn, who's had two good ones in a row. This was a better start than than the final line. And Brad Peacock, who had, uh, I think his second quality start. And since, since Brad Peacock made his first start, uh, eight starts ago, he's been the number 40 starting pitcher in points leagues. I don't know in Roto, it's a little harder to calculate. Uh, Probably higher, I would guess, just cause he throws so few innings, that's going to drag him down in, uh, in points. Yeah, in and points. the strikeouts are so yeah, good, probably. but the, the whip is high too, but. Pretty good, 40th. With only two quality starts, and, yeah. and the only re- only reason he has two is because of innings, not because of run prevention. Yep, Jimmy Nelson, Jay Happ, Tyone, Lynn, Peacock. Who you got? That's the order I'd rank them: Nelson, Happ, Tyone, Lynn, Peacock. Wow. With the caveat that in a shallow league, let's say ten teams or fewer, I might give Peacock the edge over Lynn because I don't know that Lynn's upside is enough to for him to stand out in those shallower leagues. But normally I'd ta- I'd go the safe route with Lynn over Peacock and and I, I think you have them ranked right here. I'd I, I have Tyone at the top, obviously. Nelson obviously. well, we know my my love of Tyone is well established at this okay. point. Tyone, Nelson, little gap, hap, little gap, Lynn, Peacock. Hmm. Okay. Jimmy Nelson, man. What a surprise. It's been fantastic. What a year. Uh, 112 strikeouts and 104 innings. Other starting pitchers. Oh, I, I didn't put the worryometer in either. I feel like I lost a page <laughs> in the notes. Do you see Go the worryometer in your document? Do you see Go the worryometer in your notes? Nope. I guess I just deleted it. What are you doing, Adam? Justin Verlander, John Lester, Chris Archer, they were on the worryometer, and Felix Hernandez was on the worryometer, and I just think he should be on the dropo meter. Yeah. Well, maybe. I mean, I'm not saying he's a 10 on the drop meter but it's worth discussing dropping Felix Hernandez. I think we've seen enough between this year and last. Would would you drop Felix Hernandez for Luis Castillo, who struck out five at Coors Field? Or struck out nine, nine. at Coors Field, excuse me. Yeah, and the walks were low for him, which he's, is something he did in the minors, and we were waiting to good. see. I'm very impressed by this Luis Castillo kid. Yeah, I'm really might... glad the Marlins traded him. Hmm. I might wait on dropping Felix Hernandez for him because I feel like I can wait mm-hmm. because there hasn't been there there've been good signs from Luis Castillo. He hasn't exactly had a good start yet. And um I have confidence he will, but let's let's see just a little more from Felix Hernandez before we make that switch. Yeah, Felix is like 93% old. People really still have faith in him. I Adam Wainwright's almost that old, so yeah, I, I personally don't have that much faith in Felix, but no, nope. um, doesn't have the stuff anymore. Yeah, I would you drop Felix Hernandez for for Trevor Cahill? I'd be more likely to do that, I think, because I have I have a lot of confidence in Cahill, and it's possible all that time away just completely crushed his momentum, and he'll never be able to regain what he was showing before the injury, but. uh I would not want somebody else to benefit from Trevor Cahill if he does pick up where he left off. I want it to be me. Me. You. 
selfish, me. selfish Scott me. Wade. That's how Rick Grimes says me. Me. Who's Rick Grimes? Who's Rick Grimes? Yeah, that's what Walk- I said. Walking Dead. Oh. He ends a lot of sentences with me. I know Rick Grimes. me. To me. <laughs> me. Carl! <laughs> a lot of impressions today. I like it. Oh, man, we are, we are rested and relaxed. We gotta take more five day weekends or four day weekends, Chris Towers. Make that happen. Uh, uh I got you. Thank you. I got you. I mean, I'm taking a whole week off next week, so there's that. And, <laughs> yeah, uh, you'll be rested and you'll, you'll be deleting everything the next day. <laughs> deleting? Yeah, from the notes. Oh yeah, jeez! Well, I can't believe I did that. <laughs> Deletes your mind, jeez. At least I know them somewhat off the top of my head. So, uh, while we're on that subject, how worried are you about Justin Verlander, John Lester, and Chris Archer? I'm not particularly worried about any of them. Pitchers are just so inherently inconsistent that when you see these stretches, like Justin Verlander, just actually had probably the best stretch of his season, and then has this awful start on Sunday. I think it's like the first time in many years that he's had a start without a strikeout. That's worrying, but he was looking so much better before that that I'm not particularly worried about him. I mean, there will come a point where we're going to have to stop apologizing for Verlander, but I don't think we're there yet either because there were some encouraging signs. Uh, I mentioned Archer might be a little overrated at the start of the show, and you know, to clarify that because a lot of people, when they hear overrated, they think bad. Chris Archer's a must-start pitcher. I mean, he's yep. one of the best strikeout pitchers in the game. But he's not so great at run prevention. He's not... For all the bats he misses, he can be pretty hittable. He has control issues. He's kind of... Like, I think we should expect an ERA closer to four than three from Chris Archer going forward. He... And on the raise, that might not... Mm, I don't you know, know, man. He might continue to struggle to, to have a good win-loss record. Is he like... Maybe just a better version of Robbie Ray. Anyway, wait, wait. first of all, the Rays are a wild card team right now. They're, right. they're forty four and forty one. They're, they're not one of those. Like they're in, they're in, if the season ended today, they'd be in the wild yeah. card. They're they're not they're really not bad. I mean, Lomo, not bad. with Lomo no. and Dickerson having this kind of a year, they're but they're I, not some they're not like, bad. I, I'd like Chris Archer's win-loss potential more with the Yankees because of the offense he'd have backing him. You know? Sure. Yeah, except the Yankees can't win anymore. But no. uh, the, they had uh, Chris Archer, they could. The – what the heck were we saying? Oh, Archer. Like, So going into the year, you know, he had been consistently like a 330 ERA guy, and then last year he had a bad first half. And then second half it was more like 320 or something as ERA. So I just figured that he'd – you know, had one bad half of a season, and he was like a 330 ERA guy, which is still a little high for someone with his strikeouts. But you think more like high threes for Chris Archer? I'd expect something in the mid-three range. All right, but Scott said high threes. I said closer to four than three. I mean, it might be like three six. All right, three five right. one is closer to four than three. It, it is, yeah. But Ooh, um, technicality. I mean, the Babip's a little on the high side for Archer, I guess. He's normally like 295, and right now he's 328. So, you know, maybe I'm overstating it a little, but this seems to be an ongoing issue for him where he's just not not quite the ace we want him to be. Let's finish the show by looking at today's matchup. Starter sit, Marco Estrada at Michael Pineda. Uh, I'll start both hesitantly. I'm not starting Estrada. Yeah, I would not either. I need to see a good 
good stretch of starts from him to trust him fully. Blake Snell at John Lackey. Uh, I would not start either. Neither would I. Mike Pelfrey at Sonny Gray. Sonny Gray. Definitely start Sonny Gray. Yeah, let's run him out there. Garrett Cole at Ben Lively. I will start Garrett Cole. I would, too. Yep. Jacob deGrom at Tanner Roark. I want to see what the Mets lineup looks like. I don't hate the idea of starting Tanner Roark, given oh, the, he's been, the guys they're missing. He's been abysmal. I, I want to trust him against the Padres right now. <laughs> but I would absolutely trust deGrom. How about, uh, we're not going to start Jason Aquino, Aquino, or Matt Garza, so no. Luis Perdomo <laughs> at Trevor Bauer. I'll go uh, Bauer, sure. Yeah, yeah, Bauer's a good streaming option. Ty Block at Daniel Norris. No. Pass on both. Joe Musgrove at Jaime Garcia. Pass on both. Uh, yeah, no, don't, yeah, neither. I hope you didn't start Sean Newcomb in a two-star week this week. He had, he had the worst matchups in baseball. He had the Astros and he's at the Nationals this weekend. He's not good. Yeah, I was a little worried about him. Uh, Luis Castillo was at Colorado at Arizona. That might be worse. Uh, That might be worse. I don't know, actually. Astros are incredible. Oh, we didn't mention. No humidor this year. No, I, we mentioned that, yeah. Oh, okay, on Friday? Uh, Yeah, yeah. Red Sox well, and Rangers, uh, Doug Fister, Andrew Kashner, no. Neither. The Red Sox are back, by the way. Like, I sat Jacob Faria this week. One-star pitcher against the Red Sox, not interested. Yep. Parker Bridwell, Irvin Santana, Angels of Twins. Starting Santana. Volquez at Mike Leak. Starting Leak. Yeah. Scott Feldman at John Gray. This is in Colorado. We're starting John Gray. I'd prefer to sit both if I can. Yeah, probably, probably sitting gray and certainly Feldman, though Feldman's been okay lately. Wouldn't expect it at Colorado. John Gray, that was a start we didn't talk about. That was, I think, Friday. He was amazing coming off the DL. He's real good. Zach Godley at Alex Wood. All right, we're going to start them both. Are we going to start Godley at the Dodgers, just to confirm? Yes. Yes. All right. And Jason Vargas at Ariel Miranda. What do you think, Chris? You starting Vargas? You have to keep starting Vargas, and at some point it's going to blow up in your face. And I don't think Miranda's bad like with this yeah. matchup either. I think they're both Vargas definitely starting Miranda. If I if like if I already had him on my roster, I'd absolutely start him. All right, fellas, thank you for a good show. It's good to be back, catching up with everybody. Ooh, I got four starts today in my Yahoo League. I need some big ones. I need some big ones. You guys told me to start all of them. So, what are you doing playing on Yahoo, Adam? Ah, this has got one. Get out of here. You know what's frustrating? <laughs> like, I can't take AJ. I forgot. I, I can't take AJ Pollock off the DL right now and have him play today. He's not eligible to play until tomorrow. Ooh, weird rule, that is. But I digress. Goodbye, everybody.